Hello and welcome to Mythic Minds, the podcast series where we talk about ancient mythology and anthropology. My name's Fatima. Hi, I'm Koi. And I'm Samuel. We're your hosts. In today's episode, we'll be talking about the myth of Medusa. An extremely popular legend that persists even today. This episode will provide deeper insights into this ironic, iconic creature and her story for all the Greek mythology fans and avid story enjoyers. Medusa is rather well known as a Grecian myth about a monstrous woman with snakes for hair. But here's a disclaimer before we tell the story. There are many variations of the myth, so we'll be the version we'll be telling today is one of the oldest known versions. Mm-hmm. Additionally, versions of this myth and Greek mythology in general tend to touch on sensitive to- topics like sexual assault or body horror, and that may th- make some listeners uncomfortable, so be advised. With all that being said, let's get into it. Medusa was one of three Gorgon sisters born to the primordial sea gods Keto and Phorcus. Medusa was mortal while her sisters Urel and Steno were immortal. But what exactly are these mythical Gorgons? Gorgons were monstrous creatures with wings and living snakes on their head instead of hair. In classical art, Gorgons were portrayed as round-faced with flat noses and sharp teeth. And possibly the most frightening of all their features, Gorgons were said to be so hideous that any who looked at them were instantly turned to stone. But unfortunately for these three sisters, Medusa's tale would soon come to a tragic end. The horrible king Polydectus gave Perseus the seemingly impossible task of bringing back Medusa's head. One fateful day, when the Gorgons were all asleep, Perseus ambushed them. Using a polished shield gifted to him by the goddess Athena to see Medusa without actually looking at her, he attacked her. His sword violently beheaded Medusa, bringing an end to her life. Shockingly enough, Medusa was pregnant at the time of her death, and from the neck of her beheaded body, two children were born. Out sprang Chrysara, the giant, and Pegasus, the winged horse, who both respectively flew and fled the scene. It's said that even in death, Medusa's head still had the power to turn people to stone as she forever held her unwavering gaze. Anyways, look to today's sponsorship. (laughs) Have you ever been doing your homework or reading some old wordy text and thought, I don't want to do my assignment or for ethnic studies, or this is way too hard, wordy, and I don't want to deal with it. This is just too much work. Or you're in luck. Thanks to Soikoi, your reliable homework helper. Soikoi is a free website that allows users to ask questions and get better help for their work. There's an also premium feature that allows you to take a picture of your work and will have a 95% accuracy rate of doing the work for you. The premiere package also includes the, a text simplifier that can take all those le- long legends, poems, and historical accounts and turn them into simplified ver- summaries with much easier to understand words. So next time you, you read a myth about Medusa or some book your teacher <coughs> insisted was classical literature, make sure to open up Soikoi. Thanks again to Soikoi for sponsoring us. Do you think we could use it for our English assignments? You do remember our teachers probably listen to this podcast right now? Please don't fail me for this, miss. Back to the myths! (laughs) 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 So anyways, y'all, that's the tale of Medusa. Or at least that's the version of Medusa from Hesiod's Theogony. Oh my gosh, I really hope I'm pronouncing all these names correctly. (laughs) Sounds right to me, at least. In any case, Medusa's got quite the story. I know, right? It gets even weirder with all the versions and other myths. One more well-known version of Medusa's tale is by the Roman poet Ovid. In his version of Medusa, 
Medusa was a beautiful woman who was devoted priest for the Roman goddess Minerva, or the Roman version of Athena. Day by day, <laughs> she kept doing her work. Medusa caught the attention of the sea god Neptune, also known as Poseidon. One night, as she was doing her work, Neptune saw the opportunity to persuade Medusa to engage with intercourse with him. Medusa rejected him. Neptune did not accept Medusa's rejection and sought to force himself on her so, he couldn't so she couldn't resist. Neptune didn't accept. She went to Minerva's temple to hide and seek help. Neptune had found her and assaulted Medusa right there in Minerva's temple. Later on, this enraged Minerva, and she took all her anger out on the innocent woman. The goddess cursed Medu Medusa and took away her beauty, turning her into a monster. So essentially, in this tale, she became the Gorgon instead of being one in the first place. Honestly, I wonder what prompted the change in the tale. Like, this is a pretty drastic turnaround from the original Medusa story. Then again, Medusa's true origin was like a not-so-fleshed-out mention in Homer's Iliad, there's like a bunch of other versions of the tale too, but these two seem to be the most well-known ones. And pretty messed up at that. Right? I always found it interesting how Medusa has probably thousands of stories about her. It's pretty interesting how Ovid's uh, version of Medusa became so ironic as well. Wait, what? Is it really that well-known? Oh yeah, definitely. In fact, Medusa's Loki pretty well-known as an icon to, uh, to a lot of women, as a strong and beautiful woman who survived sexual assault. It's honestly pretty inspiring if you think like that. She's kind of like the original... Fatal, I guess. Medusa was also often interpreted as a symbol to ward off evil. Since she had the ga that gaze that can turn people into stone, she was often used in myths to kill off other monsters. I guess you could say she's kind of like the modern evil eye. Dude, it's crazy that her myth is even still this popular. Like, why even is all that? <laughs> well, it's easy to see that the second version of Medusa is a lot more popular than the first one. And it's probably w because it has themes that women all over the world can relate to. Of being objectified, victim-blamed, and all that. She's definitely become an icon for feminist movement in specific. She's for sure a girl boss. But for a tale that has pretty gruesome origins, I'm kind of happy that people found a good lesson from the story. Personally, I just found it a fun story to read as a kid. I never really thought about the themes or the messages. Mind you, I heard the one from Hesiod's Theogony, not Ovid's version. Honestly, I had very little knowledge about her tale, but even as a kid, I've, I've heard of her, like, before. Like, it's kind of ironic that we all knew about her, but a lot of us didn't know who Pursuus was until way later. <laughs> yeah, no, for real. I barely <laughs> even knew who Medusa was. <laughs> yeah, no, for real. I barely even knew who Medusa was, but I definitely heard of Gorgons before. Didn't, don't ask me where, because I couldn't even tell you. Probably a reference in a book or show or something like that. I've always thought it's cool how old stories can stay so relevant. It's like, Loki kind of beautiful how stories get retold and passed down. Like these legends withstand the weathering of time and slowly change as they get retold over and over. That's kind of sappy though. Anyways, personally, I favor the story of Medusa from Hesiod's Theogony, but maybe that's just my own bias because of nostalgia from reading that version as a kid. Not sure, but I loved hearing about this new creature and how it sl got slayed by a hero. Really? I prefer the one by Ovid because of the themes that can still be related to, and all that. Like, it gives us a good moral of the story, and it's a great reminder of the struggles of women that have to go through then and now. I also like how Medusa is given more of a personality, and despite the tragedy of the tale, it is now seen as a strong symbol of femininity. Yeah, I have to side with Koi on this one. 
Though I also think it's important to remember the original version purely for arch archiving's sake and other historical analysis. Regardless of whatever version you favor, I think they should all be recognized and appreciated as stories made and valued by people. It's never just some tale after all. There were people who related to it, added on to it, told to their kids, and that's precious. A testament to humanity's tradition of storytelling? Or are you condemning the relevancy of our ancestors' stories even today? Why not both? Well, that's the end of our discussion. Make sure to follow us on Mythic Minds on Spotify to keep date on what we post. Thanks for listening to this episode, and we're your hosts, Fatima. I'm Koi. And I'm Sam. Yo. And this was Mythic Minds. We hope to see you here for the next episode.